press record on this. And it's record to computer, isn't it? Please. Yeah, no okay, that's fine. Yes. You that's have fine. to upload it to Dropbox. Dropbox. Yeah. I vaguely remember. Vaguely. But I'll okay. get that done. Yes. <coughs> Let me Excuse just me. scroll down to the right bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Welcome everybody to season six, episode six of the Black Women Working Podcast. Today I am hosting, it's me, Rachel. Ladies, do you want to introduce yourselves? Hi, Chantel here. Hi, it's Nats. Oh, it's Nats. Hi, it's Tolu. <laughs> Just leave um, me alone, please. <laughs> you guys have started already. Not even 10 seconds in, oh my God. Okay, guys, so if you remember our socials, I'm just going to reiterate them so everybody can follow us on our socials. So it's at BWW Podcast UK on Instagram and Twitter. You can join the conversation with our hashtag BWW Podcast UK, hashtag BWW Podcast UK. And you can have a look on our website. We've got all our pictures up there. We've got all our episodes. We've got other little bits for you guys to have a look at as well up there. So go and check it out. It's www.blackwomenworking.com. So... Um, now I've got all of those bits out of the way, um, today I would really, 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 really like to introduce our lovely guest, Pauline Carter, and that is Natalie's mum. I'm so excited to have you on today. (laughs) (laughs) Mummy Carter in the house. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. How are you, Pauline? I'm well, I'm well, and pleased that my daughter's invited me on to this. Yes, we're so happy to have you. We've heard so much about you. So now having you on is just great. Yeah, wow. Um, do you want to tell us a little, little bit about yourself? Well, yeah. Um, I was born in London, grew up in Yorkshire, and came back to London in my 20s. And um, what I do right now is... Um, I took redundancy. I stayed in finance for most of my uh, adult life. And then I took redundancy and early retirement about seven, five, six years ago. And now I do an admin job and I'm training as a counsellor. That's really where I want to go next is to become a counsellor. That's where I'm at. Oh, that's lovely. Um, And the reason we have you here today is because we're going to be talking about restructuring Um, and what that looks like in the workplace and how that feels for everyone. So I'm just going to give a brief description of what restructuring is, as some of the listeners may not be aware or haven't seen restructuring in the workplace before. Um, So I've worked out that it is um, the organising of a company or business in a new system in a new way to make it more effective and to make the business work more effectively. So that's what I've found. I don't know if anybody wants to add to that description or if anybody has any other thoughts on that that definition removes this about the money usually someone leaves and not replacing them and trying to give people more work to do as far as I'm concerned but we can get into that later yes we (laughs) we can um so have any of you actually gone through restructuring in your own workplace or have you been affected by it or have you seen other departments within your workplace going through it and that might you that might be something you resonate with I don't know if any of you have. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen people go through a restructuring process. It's usually, it's never really been called restructuring. It's mostly been called redundancy. So like everybody knows what time it is. Like they're trying to cut the fat basically. And so you've got an opportunity to apply for your job or alternatively opt for redundancy. And then the way I've seen it done is HR make the choice anyway about who they want to keep who they don't want to keep regardless of um, what those people have said so sometimes people have asked to keep their job they've been made redundant and then some people try to go for redundancy and they've been like no 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 um you need to stay so that's how that's how I've seen it yeah I mean he'll correct me once he listens but Mark is my partner he's worked for um a local authority for I don't know 12 15 years 
and he's reapplied for his post, a post, about six, seven times in his time there. Um, there's always a restructure in terms of the hierarchy, the layers of who does what. Um, I mean, to be fair, he, he kind of mentions it in passing, but if I had to reapply for my job six, seven times, I'd be stressed out. I, I'd be leaving. Yeah, I'd, I'd be, be fuming. The emotional toll for me would be just too much. But as Natalie said, he, he must be doing a good job because they already have in mind vaguely who they may or may not want to keep. So good for him because he's stayed, he's managed, he survived <laughs> all of them. Tolls? Maybe it's his, his passion for the job that feeds into it as well in terms of how long he's staying there. Um, in terms no of comment. <laughs> In terms of my experience, um, I've been a victim <laughs> of restructuring. Well, actually, no. I mean, I've been impacted by restructuring, let's just say, where I ended up having to take on more responsibilities um, than what I was hired for pretty quickly into just like just a few months into entering a role. So that's kind of how restructuring has impacted me. Um, but I've seen it um, happen a couple of times as well. Um, but generally my experience of restructuring as I've observed it is just kind of like titles changing, some people moving slightly into different departments, those kind of things, less of like a everybody needs to reapply. I've never been or witnessed a situation where people have had to reapply for roles. Oh, in that instance, did you get a new job description and was your pay reviewed? Hell no. And not until I whinged about it. It was not, it was not, um, I can't even remember what you asked as per usual, but the answer is no. I just had to suck it up and go along with it and do the job. And then it was like some months down the line, like, okay, I'm doing the job. So while gone, when are you going to give me the title and then the money that's, suits it so that took even longer to really come through but I was I was good I was about to say I was young I was not young but I was naive <laughs> so otherwise I wouldn't let that situation continue for as long as it did. Mommy Carter have you um actually gone through a restructuring or been victim of one like tolls? Yes I think once you went working in local authority which is where I have worked most of the time you have many restructuring it is all about money because it sounds like a lot of the cases money is cut centrally so they have to look where they can cut in the teams so I've been through a restructure three or four times and um, some you're offered redundancy some your role is gone so you have to apply for another role so what they allow you to do is they allow you to try for jobs in other teams um, before they actually go out to advertise. So that's one area they look at. What I will say is um, that the, one of the first times when it happened when I was internal audit, we had a huge amount of people were made redundant and they were all people of colour. So they were mainly Asians or, or, or black people. So um, it was quite clear then that the kind of people that two things they do tend to as well that as black people are at the lower um, stages or on the lower income they tend to go first in redundancies anyway and managers they're the ones who are actually dealing with the restructure and unions have no use at all because they're supposed to make sure things are done fairly um, don't have any use at all so there are and then I've had situations where I had to apply for my own job, but I was told that my own job was going to have more roles attached to it. And it was a job that I'd already had lost two members of staff working with me and they were expecting me to do more work. And in that instant, I actually made a decision to take the redundancy because I felt like I'm already working too hard. I'm already giving them as much as I can give them. So I took the redundancy, used that redundancy money as a salary until I was able to look for something. I think what I'd like to say at this point is if anyone is going through restructure or anything like that, you have to remember that they want you to go along with the hype. They hype you into thinking that you've, you know, you've got to be part of this process, but actually you don't. And I think maybe your partner that he was talking about that say he just takes it in his stride. I think he's probably realized that it's, he's gonna do it at his 
with how he wants to do it the way he wants to do it because what they do is they get you caught in a hype but actually it is your decision and you can decide to take um, redundancy you can decide to um, uh, actually say actually I do like my job and I am going to go for the restructure and I am going to reapply for my job the choice is yours but they make you feel like you've just got to go with it you've just got to go with it whatever and they stress you out or they make the environment feel so stressful that you will go along with whatever so if they say to you your job means I'm going to pay you this salary but you're going to do twice as much work you feel like oh, I don't want to be that job I don't want to be that job so you go ahead and you actually go ahead and do something you don't really want to do and once you're stuck in it it's much harder then to, to, because you said, well, you've been for the interview. Well, why do you want more now? You knew it was like this already. So the decision can be yours. And I think if I was to give anybody any advice, if they haven't gone, are going in a restructure, we're in an environment where the possibility of us being made redundant or um, um, our jobs going may happen. I think the best thing to do is try and save so that you've got a good three month salary also behind you so if you want to make a decision about whether you want to reapply for your whatever they're putting forward if it's not comfortable for you then you have another option do you know what's really funny about what you've said as well i've i've been through a restructuring um in my workplace my job wasn't kind of part of it it was still that those my jobs were safe but there were jobs around me that were and in other teams that were close to me that were going through restructuring and it's very forceful they make you feel like this is the be all and end all and there were people there that you know had children had other commitments and used their salary for certain things and they were distraught because they thought you know I could come back to work tomorrow and I might not get through with that interview and therefore my job's gone so they were really like upset about it and it really did put a lot of pressure on us at work those that weren't going through it and then for everybody else it was just a mess um i do agree i feel like the restructuring is about money it's always about money and i think as well sometimes it's also about a your age so mm-hmm. if there there's some people i've seen that work in there for years and they know okay if we were to get rid of this person we'll get rid of them early now so we don't have to pay them a lot more later on down the line and i've seen them do it several times and i feel like they do it just to make sure you know what we've got rid of this person now or just to say you know what this person's a certain age we want someone younger we want someone fresher we're not going to say that to them because we can't say that to them but we will do a restructuring to get rid of them mm-hmm. i think that's, that's the other that- thing senior workers are more expensive so if you're talking about saving money and then you've got the young ones that are coming in that are trying to please so they're happy to be like okay yeah this is an opportunity for me to take on more um not only have they saved the money but as we can see the work gets done but I think when you've got a family it can be really 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 stressful and I think that's why people feel like they're forced into a box because quite often the savings aren't extensive or you don't have that disposable income and so your main thing is let me even if you think I'll deal with it afterwards you still go into that interview process thinking let me just keep my job today and figure it out after but in the meantime as Toll said you know you could be stuck with and many people that have been through restructuring doing two or three more times the work for the same money and who's benefiting really well the, the the managers and the people that are pushing you through the processes man it is benefiting and for you as the individual and i hear what you're saying that people do get caught out um by saying look i have this expenditure this is my mortgage this is how i'm going to look after my kids and they think you know okay it might mean i'm doing three times from the job but this is all i have but if you are lucky enough to be given enough time and local authority tends to give you a fair bit of time I think it's to reel back and say actually I could look for another job before it got to this stage because some people do do that they just look for another job. but what the local authority doesn't want you to do is they don't the employees don't want you to do that because they want you to take on the job with the three extra roles they don't want you to look back so it's almost like they get you into a state of, oh, what are you going to do? Well, you know, you really have to do this. Oh, and so you get caught in that. When I say get caught, you get caught in that 
there's no other job I can do. But actually, you're smart. You can do something else. There are other jobs out there. And in the three or the six months, usually, you are warnings between three and six months of what it might be like. You have an opportunity to say, actually, let me look outside. But they pose it in a way that they make you think you can't look outside, but you can. Yeah, that's definitely something that they do. And I feel like that comes from when they're in a managerial type role. They try to they try to say to you, OK, look, we're the managers here. This is what's happening, X, Y, Z. And that's that. And I feel like this kind of leads on to my next question that I wanted to ask you guys. Um, as we all know, like the employment levels of black women are quite low in the UK, especially in the senior roles. Do you feel like the restructuring that they're doing and the type of redundancy packages that they're trying to present to people are ways of stopping black women from reaching their level or even higher? I mean, I've seen it, as I mentioned before, I've seen that happen where they particularly targeted the um, Asian and black women. It, it was just clear, but I am talking a good 10, 15 years ago, but it was clear that that's what they were doing. And everybody who was being made redundant was of color of some kind. And my husband spoke of a similar thing happening when he was in Lambeth around 20, 25 years ago. So yes, it is something they use. And going back to a point that was made earlier, when a restructure happens, they use it as an opportunity. They might not want the restructure, but once the opportunity of a restructure is there, managers use it to say, I actually want to keep this person. I actually don't want to keep this person. And, you know, we're going to get, I could get a little bit deep and talk about um, unconscious bias, where they may say they're not being racist, but they actually like this person more. They say, look like me, they sound like me, they do the things I do. So I'd yeah, like Yeah, they fit in more, they fit in more. So I don't really know why I don't like, um, you know, a lady of colour, but I prefer this one. So it is an opportunity, managers do use it, whether they do it on purpose or not, they use it as an instrument or as a tool to call. Basically, we say they use it to call the people they don't think they want in their team anymore. I, I also think it blurs the lines. Like if I think about my mum's experience through the workplace, restructuring and just generally, I think is that if you are taking on an additional role, but it's under the same title, you're doing more work and like I say to my mum if you look at like your personal statement if you look at like your day-to-day -day and what it is you do you should be in a managerial role now but I don't know lack of confidence safety security whatever you kind of get molded into but this is what this job is they put more on a, a job that's not as senior or managerial but you are actually doing the work and so the, the lines become really blurred in knowing like what your position is and what it's worth outside of that organisation or outside of that restructure. And whilst, um, I don't know, I just, I, just I, can't, I can't explain it apart from, it just blurs the lines in terms of knowing like, what is my post and what is my post worth? And am I ready to step up when Quite frankly, more time than most people are taking on more and are able to go up. But especially if you've just done a restructure and you've just got a new role, it also stunts that because it's like, well, let me settle into this before I go for a promotion or before I go for it. It just really slows down the process, I think. It's like it's a distraction. So if you were trying to have your own career progression and you're being really ambitious, the moment that a redundancy is announced all of those type of things get put on hold because I feel like I don't know too much about redundancy processes legally but I do know that they are kind of governed by statute and statute requires um you know evidence to be given that the jobs no longer exist and also kind of explanations around that so it is kind of seen in a way of um you can't be promoting some people in the middle of a redundancy and process when people at that equivalent status are being made redundant it would be seen as favoritism or something like that so I mean from my own personal experience when I was qualifying at my law firm um we would usually find out if we're going to qualify in September we would have usually found out around about I would say May whether we got a job but they were having like a massive redundancy that they got rid of at least I would say 30 percent of the lawyers in the real estate team 
and other teams. And that meant that they didn't really want to finalize the recruitment process for newly qualified lawyers until maybe two months after. But mommy, I did what you said. I was like, no, I can't be broke. So I literally went and applied for like multiple jobs around that time. And I did get some other offers, but I stayed with my law firm because I was like, well, I've gone through the motions. I've got other jobs, but now I've got a job here, so I might as well keep it. But once I heard about redundancies and everything being put on hold in terms of when I was going to know if I had a job at my law firm, I actually did what you said and I applied for other jobs because I was like, I can't leave my destiny in other people's hands because I don't actually know what's going to happen um, and I don't know how things are going to work out but me I don't trust anybody in the workplace anyway so I I just had to have my own my own backup plan but I definitely see it as like a distraction because you're worrying about reapplying for your job rather than actually how your career is going to progress if that makes sense. Yeah and it takes quite a long time because you often hear about redundancies and the threat of redundancies from about a year so you can then slow yourself down and get yourself in a position of thinking differently and not thinking about your progression for up to a year I mean mm. I've been through restructures that have taken up to 18 months for them to take first of all they say we're going to have to restructure there may be some redundancies we're not sure who's doing what and then what might happen and they have to go through all these processes so it can take up to two years and you can be stressed for up to two years it's so interesting hearing your experiences because obviously that that's um across the public sector and in occasions where i've witnessed restructuring it's been the private sector <laughs> and the restructuring has been some people came into work today they did not uh, they were not at work the next day yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had investment banks are like that, that you, you like. go into a room and the security comes, they've already packed up your box. Yeah, they got your box ready you for up. you. Oh my God. Like, yeah, you saw people going to a meeting move, they left immediately, they weren't allowed to say anything, probably because maybe they've been offered redundancy or exit yeah. package or something, and so they couldn't disclose anything. And the next thing you know, everybody in the company has got slightly different um, names to their roles. And then that allows them... <laughs> to kind of bypass the whole promotion things and still mm. let people who they want kind of rise up to where they want like mm. I was in a company where the amount of times like people were just let go in batches mm. and then the titles changed consistently and just it was just crazy what, about, what was that thing about that man I can't remember and he got on a zoom call to tell 500 people terrible you know you know the cruise yeah. ship and yeah. said this is what I was about to say they're not even no hiding. there was one before that this there was is one the before most that it was a mortgage one. it was a mortgage company in the US and the CEO got on a call a zoom call to be like this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you but I have to fire 500 that's absolutely <laughs> disgusting how Let can you have so many you know the US is different exactly mm -hmm. yeah you know the US the is different we have yeah because mm. recently it was P&O and again they don't even respect you enough in some situations at that all. People got a video. Yeah, it was nine hundred. Sorry, it was nine hundred employees. Um, Better.com, their mortgage company. So nine hundred um, different individuals with different family needs, different all these things yeah. that make them different, and they've got rid of them just yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, mm -mm. And the thing with the PNO one is, they, they released those outside. people. They have yeah, yeah, they have new staff. Yeah, cheaper staff. That's the yeah, reason why they they're did paying it. under the under the under the limit but mm -hmm. i think they're going to get taken to court because exactly. there's kind of laws that kind of govern that that which they've contravened and stuff which is good because that's appalling but um yeah some companies really just do try this and it, it's crazy but it also lets you know like never be that loyal to your job like these people can toss you aside within seconds <laughs> so yeah kiki ki, ki, have your friends have your mates but also never let your left hand know what your right hand is doing yeah <laughs> watch your back <laughs> that's gonna be the bww strap line i swear <laughs> i think you have to understand that my old age has taught me you have to understand that employers they're there you're just there to fulfill your role there's not a real as much as they make you think they really think you're amazing and they're really you're really loyal and they can't live without you make sure you've got as you say, a second plan or some savings or something that you can fall back on. 
um, because yes, they can do stuff like this. They can. And yeah, and so they say, oh, we're going to sue, P&O going to get sued. But do you know how long that's going to take and how much stress it's going to cause those families? You know, if you, ha if you could think, perhaps have a little backup financially, uh, you could, uh, it's not easy, but try and have money in the bank or saved somewhere so that you're not totally beholden all the time to your employer, because that's what they want, that they can treat you anyhow. So um, yeah, make sure that you, you've got a little money saved. So if they pull a stunt like this, you can say maybe one or two months, I can pay my mortgage or pay my bills, but then I can look for something else. Yes, I may still want to sue, but let me get on with my life. If you're going to sit and wait, that's too much stress. It's going to take a couple of years, years, even more to get that sorted out. And this is the thing we hear a lot that, you know, people are so tired and so stressed that they even can't be bothered. Even if they have a case that they can present, they're just like, I, I can't, I can't because you're processing everything that you're dealing with in front of you. And then there's also a lack of faith that it's even going to be successful, mm -hmm. um, that they don't even bother. And just talking about this, I think we definitely need an episode on redundancies. But um, mummy, it would be good if you could give us a little bit of insight, like being someone who accepted a redundancy package, is there any flexibility around that? Or is it like, this is what you're getting, these are the company laws, how many years that you work for, this is what you're entitled to, or is there a level of negotiation? No. Not in private, not in the public, in the local authorities, no negotiations at all. Because basically they say, this is what we're gonna offer you, take it or leave it, basically. And so you look at it and you decide, it can this work? And um, that's the decision you make. I'm not sure in the private sector if you can negotiate more, but certainly in the public sector, no. They tell you, and now in local authority, what they're doing now is at one time, we had people who started at 21 and are now in their late 50s. They used to at one time get all those years of money. Now there's a cap of either 20 or 25. It yeah. used to be 30, but they've reduced it. So and you, the idea, Mom, So out of order. After you've been loyal for so long. I'm so annoyed exactly. at this. You've been loyal for so many years. Yeah. Imagine starting in and your 20s and finishing in your 50s. No, they're out of order. Yeah, and you can't do anything about it because they've got put it through all the various stages, legal stages that they need to. And it's law, it's legal. So you don't stand a chance, really. Um, so, yeah, I looked at the redundancy packet and thought, actually, this isn't too bad. I can make this work. But I always knew that I would get another job. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want the level of responsibility of that because I was tired of that. And the fact that, you know, I, was, I had two members of staff that supported me in admin, they just took them away. And so I realized that if, even if I was to move on, um, your point is brought out that the, the, once they do a lot of these restructures, you'll find that in other jobs that you go for, the responsibility is similar. Mm -hmm. So I knew I didn't want a managerial role anymore in local authority. So I decided to take um, a drop-in salary and just do some admin. But because I wanted to train as a counsellor, I didn't want that heavy responsibility. Um, so that's how it worked for me. So it's decisions you have to make. And it was a choice. And I, and I didn't actually want to go for another restructure. Mm, I hear that. So I've been re made redundant in, in the private sector. And there is actually a little bit of negotiation you can do. And to be fair, I was not in that role. How long was I in that role? I was in that role for years and only over two years does it qualify you for something. So there's a baseline kind of things, but then there were other kinds of things that you could kind of try and negotiate. I haven't really been there that long. So my strength and the power to mm. do that was kind of limited, but I do know. So this was um, over 2020 across the pandemic, but um. There'd been up, there were other people that had been at that company for ages and I know they managed to get themselves like a, a sweet sweet deal so it just really depends and it also depends on um, if you as an individual are kind of clued up to know that you can if you hire the right person they could potentially get more for more for you but if you just take what they're giving you and be like, yeah, I'm just going to sign this away, sign this, sign this, sign this, then potentially you'll be leaving with less than what you could have left mm -hmm. with. 
But um, yeah, it's always one for people to remember if they're in the private sector and they've been somewhere quite long to um, hire an employment like lawyer, which is what I did. Natalie helpfully provided me someone who specialised in that and she was fantastic um, in terms of just sorting everything out and going through all the details with a fine tooth firm. So as we can see and hear, you know, going through a restructure can be very destructive to us as black women to our lives to how we're going to progress going forward but it's still going to happen regardless of what we want to do or what we what mm. our dreams and aspirations are so how can we use the restructuring method to kind of benefit us and to make us feel like we're actually getting somewhere at work and we're actually doing something that we want to do as opposed to being told okay we can't do this job anymore we've been fired and that's it now we have to just live with it in a way, I feel like um, depending on the situation, an announcement of a restructure um, sometimes can be a good thing in terms of keeping you on your toes and making you think about options. Because I feel sometimes we do get com can get comfortable, and we're just very comfortable going into work, what we're doing, not really being challenged, not really being pushed. And then, like when you hear about restructure and the possibility of not having your job depending if you've got the lead up time, because obviously there's a big difference between restructuring privately and restructuring publicly. They can actually, like for me personally, like when my job could have been potentially at risk because the firm wasn't doing well as, as a whole, I was like, well, I need to think about qualifying at other firms. Can I see myself working at other firms? Like, am I sure I want to qualify into real estate? Do I want to qualify into litigation or anywhere else? It, like, it forced me at a pivotal point in my career to really think about what I was doing. Fair enough, I ended up staying where I was. I don't know. I don't think that was the best decision. But at least it kind of pushed me to be like, my career is important and my career exists outside of this place. Um, so that's the only way, you know, I, I can see it, but I mean, when I've seen, we had like a restructuring at my old firm of secretaries, because um, they did associates first, and then they did the secretaries, and that was a bit emotional, like coming into work and seeing people crying and stuff like that, especially as like a 25-year-old, you just don't really have the, the perspective, because people have got children and mortgages, and they're in floods of tears, and you know, you're just coming in with your prep coffee, thinking like, what's going on, um, but it did get me alive to the fact that you know you nothing is a sure thing nothing is a sure bet um and you always have to be you know having one foot in and one foot out so now I'm always talking to recruiters when they um, message me I'll always be like okay I don't want a job now but I'll holler you when I want a job and then I know that if I get upset or they frustrate me there's always I can always see my career outside of this place um so just seeing witnessing people go through redundancies you know I've worked at a place for 20 years and this is how they're just dashing me away blah 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 all that emotive talk made me really realize that there's no point becoming emotionally attached to a firm because when they're ready they will dash me so, yeah. it's true and I think uh, the point I want to make is the same that your mum's um, been saying like with regards to saving and I think the that one is a really interesting one because obviously as we know as ethnic minorities we don't tend to be in roles that kind of pay very well mm. so our capacity to even do things such as saving is limited mm. um exponentially less so than kind of our caucasian counterparts mm. and so it's a really dicey situation because of course we can advise people to do that but if at the end of the day they're not in roles that really give them that bandwidth in terms of what they're earning it's mm -hmm. just really hard, but I would like to encourage people who may be in that situation where they feel that they can't really save what they would hope or save what you can, even if it's like literally two pounds, one mm -hmm. pound a day mm -hmm. or five pounds a week. Just do what you can. First of all, it's a great habit to have in life. And second of all, eventually that will build up over time. And if mm -hmm. you're in a role where you are earning a decent amount, then it is imperative for you to think, um, consider situations that might not go your way and what you do in those circumstances. And also consider, you know, in terms of your earning, you know, how much of this needs to be disposable income? How yeah. much can I actually live yeah. off? What can I save? Because some, some of us are really a really bad habit mm -hmm. of living towards the top end of what we're getting in. Like literally mm -hmm. at the end of the month, mm -hmm. we're down to the final pennies. Final That's not really... Pounds. 
Yeah, exactly. There's rice at home. There's rice at home. (laughs) There is rice at home and it's not really the best way to live if if it's avoidable. So those are kind of considerations for people. Like bear in mind, as everyone has said, um, there's no point holding an extreme level of um, loyalty to any role. Uh, Make sure you have backup plans. Always be keeping your eyes scanning as Natalie does. She's speaking to the recruiters. And also another way of kind of tackling um, trying not to fall victim to these things is trying to, I guess, progress in roles as much as you can. So it gets harder and harder um, to get rid of you. I mean, I just think you have to always realise there's nothing as a sure bet. Like I remember back in 2016, one of the biggest law firms that we had, I think it was like 2018, um, one of the biggest law firms that we had, KWM, which was an international law firm with like thousands and thousands of employees actually crashed like it did a, a Lehman Brothers actually lashed and there were lawyers like flooding the market people lost their jobs left right and center and I just remember thinking but you, everything was okay six months ago like what happened and so it doesn't matter like how solid your business is um there's no such just remembering there's no such thing as a sure thing when it comes to when it comes to business and when it comes to employment always being able to see your career as very separate from the place um that you work yeah what i would say about about restructuring is that sometimes when they restructure a whole team sometimes some senior roles do come up and um so the advantage of it can be sometimes that you might be in a role where you can actually apply for a, a, a job in a higher level than you than you're already at. So um, that's one of the advantages, I suppose, of a restructure when they do it in a way that they are looking for people to step up. Um, it is an opportunity for you to get into a better role. So it's not always all really bad. So don't always don't be afraid if you see a high a, a role that's above you to apply for it surprisingly sometimes people do get these jobs yeah I actually sorry um, Shan, I'll mention this quickly I actually thought of another way actually that restructuring may benefit and not necessarily in your workplace so perhaps um, some people encounter the situation of restructuring and it gives them kind of the impetus and the spur to kind of lean into maybe something that they were doing outside of work, maybe it was a side hustle or side business and say, do you know what, let me take a chance with this and see where it will take me. So maybe if there's people in that position as well, um, maybe it's a case of trying to, if you want to, um, balance the two and so that in, in the event you're in a career path or profession, something happens, you do have the possibility of leaning on that thing, even if it's only on a temporary basis. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to speak to the same voice. I think two sides of the coin would be, uh, as Mummy Carter has just said, there might be an opportunity for promotion. I think if you are in a situation where you're taking something more on, as we always say, it's it's an opportunity for you to keep your receipts. It's an opportunity mm-hmm. for you to say, actually, I kind of have safely fallen into doing something more than what I was doing. And this is my opportunity to sort of feel it out and practice it out, keep your receipts and use it to build your confidence for then going up. And exactly what you've just said, Tol, was my other point. The other side of the coin is sometimes we're comfortable and we wouldn't make that decision and having the decision sort of made for us mm-hmm. forces us to review what it is that we really want out of our careers out of our workplaces and and apply for something or go for something and build something that actually makes you tick invite it as a new lease of life into into your ether i, I you know there's always something about my, even in times of crisis and our theme for this year is working on me mm-hmm. and so I think even when I mean I'm not here for toxic positivity but I think even when things are going wrong to draw on whatever your silver lining might look like mm-hmm. um it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom for sure so that was a great question Rach. Oh, good. I'm not sure how it really benefits us. I've always seen it to be like doom and gloom. And it's always made me feel like on edge. I think when it was happening to me, 
I felt very alone because everybody else had a sure role. Their role was safe. And my role was just in limbo until like the very end. And then they said, oh no, we're not taking you. And then they tried to offer me like other roles um, with other companies that are joint to the company, but they were offering a lot less. And I knew those companies that they were trying to push me into were terrible. They, I've had conversations with people that work there and they'll tell me, oh no, don't come here, don't do this. And I was just like, no, it's not for me. But I feel like it did make me think about, you know, what I could do for myself in terms of side hustles, where I can go with myself and what things I could do outside of my actual career. And also what place would I like to work at? Maybe I need to look at a place that isn't or potentially may not face redundancies for a while. So I kind of had to think about all of those things. So I think it did benefit me in some ways, but I think it was more doom than it was beneficial. Which but I you know what? I also, I also am a strong believer in vibrations, right? And I think... The other thing in, in these instances is to, and maybe this is where my partner lands, is to believe in your source. Like, yes, you don't yes, have yes. to take it as, oh my God, there's a restructure. I'm going to, why are you going to be the one to go? If, if you know that you're fabulous at your job and you do everything that needs to be done and you're valued and, you know, you're hitting all the marks. Also, in terms of our mental and emotional health, we don't need to approach it as a stressful situation until it's a stressful situation, i.e. until you lose your job or until you find yourself in a position where you've taken on more than you can chew or whatever. Like, believe in yourself. Believe that actually I, I, I'm going to go through this process and they're still going to want me. That too. And I Do feel you know like what, sometimes, Shen? even, oh, gosh, sorry, Tom, oh. like even if you were to go through a process and you were to, to lose your job, it just means that you're not supposed to be there. And and it's just kind of pushing you out of somewhere. I'm like a strong believer, like it's pushing you out of somewhere that you're not meant to, to be. Because I feel like while I've never been through a redundancy process, obviously I had to be processed both to be a trainee to qualify effectively is like a reapplication for your job. So you do have to submit, I had to submit an essay. I had to do um, a like case study. I had to do an interview, <laughs> sorry, it was a lot of work. Um, and I, I saw people kind of not get the job that they want and be like, you know, really distressed and upset about it. But then like five years on, they've moved into much better firms. They're in much better positions. They're doing 10 times better than they would have had they stayed at, at that firm anyway. So sometimes it really is at the time, hundred percent, very stressful, blah, blah, blah. But it's probably pushing you into a better, a better situation. And being in a bedroom. I don't want to work anywhere that doesn't want to, doesn't want me to work there. Are you crazy? Yes. So. No, that's me now at this stage of my career. But you're right, Nancy. It's about the mentality as well, and also kind of what people hold on to believing. Because me, my gods will always keep me. I don't care what anybody says. A job can dash me tomorrow. God's got me sorted. So that's a source of confidence. And for yeah, me, so exactly. no matter what happens, I know there's a plan and there's a way out of it. But to take it back to what Shan said, because she actually inspired a thought in me. So she was talking about how if there's restructuring, you know, keep receipts of kind of how you're taking on these extra responsibilities. But um, another way you could approach it is even before there's any whispers or anything of restructuring, when you enter a role, just kind of keep track of all the times you've been congratulated on work that you've done or it's really stood out so that when these uh, situations may crop up and arise, mm -hmm. you can be like, okay, I'm reapplying for my role, but also this is what happened whilst I was in the role. X, Y, Z said this about me, et cetera, et cetera. So as a way to make it, well, you're demonstrating your value, basically, and making them think, mm, do we really want to get rid of this person? And if we take them on board, maybe they it might encourage them to be a bit more flexible in how you can negotiate with them. It's just an idea and a thought. And I think we've discussed this before. And like every time I enter a new job, I don't do any of it. I don't take the advice that we give people, <laughs> but I'm trying to do better. <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> <laughs> So um, as we're, you know, coming towards the end, I just wanted to ask, and we've given quite a lot of advice um, in the episode, but is there one main tip that you would give? Because the labour market at the moment is a mess and a lot of people might be going through this restructuring process where they're having to go in, fight for their roles, 
fight against their colleagues that they've built up strong relationship with those that they've spent years mm. with or even if it's just a few months but you've built up a good friendship with them and now you're gonna have to fight against them for the role that you want and it's 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 a hard thing to go through so i know a lot of people probably can resonate with this episode and kind of i'm going through this now what can i do to ensure that i'm going to be all right and i'm going to come out on the other side Well, um, oh, I was, you know, was to give some advice, it, it, I think we've touched on all areas of, of, of um, things, how you can work it through. It is a mindset and you do have to get your mind in the place that going back to what I said before, that it is not the be all and end all. You have, um, you can, you have options, you are good at what you do so that you might, you might want to look at something else another opportunity another type of job it, all the things we talked about is part of this and if i was to give one piece of advice i would say that know your worth know who you are and and don't get caught up in the hype that they're trying to get you in and um if you do have to go for your job put your best foot forward for the job put your best foot forward for the job if, if that's where you want to be that's the career you want to continue with then put your best foot forward work hard prepare don't get down in the doldrums about it be positive about it and go for it um my advice if you find yourself in the employment hunger games is to get yourself a Katniss Everdeen <laughs> so you can defeat every stage and every level and make it to the end <laughs> hopefully with less psychological scars <laughs> That's all I had to say. But how, Toes? What, what's how? the quality of Katniss? What would you say? I don't know. Someone is able to like murder. Isn't it? No, 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 no. I just that's a joke. Ha ha. Hee hee. Kiki. Apart from what I've given before, I don't have any further serious advice. That's it. Everyone should use initiative as to how they find their Katniss Everdeen in the workplace environment. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> you ain't risking tripping up <laughs> do you know what I would say I think and I, I think a lot of us are past this stage of like come to work keep your head down and go home without breaking your back without doing more than you're it's what I'm going to say is a bit contradictory but without doing more than, you, than you're supposed to make sure that your value is seen and I think sometimes that does mean sort of mingling outside of your role mingling in other departments you know if someone says oh you know for me personally there's sometimes opportunities in school where they're like oh we need someone to deliver a training session or whatever and sort of show your capabilities beyond your roles so that so that you are seen be seen be like make them know your worth and make them know it too so that if you do feel like you don't necessarily have the emotional strength to sort of fight and feel like, oh my God, this is going to be me down and out, that allow somebody else to have faith in you if you don't for yourself. Sorry, I'd like to come in here because I actually do have a serious answer. <laughs> to okay, Tolls, the floor is yours. Thank you, thank you. I'll be quick. So I think we've mentioned in previous episodes before, um, utilize the people that have become your advocates in the workplace environment, people that sing your praises, see what they can do for you, help you out. Those are your Katniss Everdeens. Natalie? Keep options open. Always be looking for jobs. Don't wait until redundancies are there. You should be like, hmm. This is my get out plan. Pull up your Google Doc. Step one, reach out to these people. Step two, go on LinkedIn. Like you have to be always ready to leave. Like literally have your bag packed in the corner. Don't have too many things on your desk. <laughs> Not necessary. This is like, That's how I live my life. <laughs> if I see too many things on my desk at work, I'll bring a Tesco bag and I'll carry it home. It's not my house. <laughs> oh, I'm always <laughs> ready to leave. Point. I'm ready to be out. Do you know what? On a serious, on a serious note, there'll be sometimes there'll be people who are waiting for you to leave. So, like the role that I'm in right now, a previous mentor had said we need somebody. Incidentally, I was like, I need somewhere to go. Mm -hmm. So, in terms of like keeping your LinkedIn, being seen, scoping, 
there are potentially people that are waiting for you to be available. So it's, it's facts, true. Facts. You have to open your mouth then in those in those things. And that links back to Shan's point on forging uh, relationships in the workplace environment. I think, yeah, all this advice is really good because actually now that I've I've been through a redundancy process myself, I wish I had thought of all of these things because I was just in stress mode. And I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. But looking back, I think the one thing I would say is that you need to actually have something that's not about your work that you have about you. So I don't even know if I'm saying this right, but I was actually doing a separate course that had nothing to do with my job. Um, and I used that to kind of move my mind away from the redundancy. And I was able to then get myself back on track. So that course kind of helped me to remove my mind from it because obviously you're going to work every day and all you're hearing is redundancies, redundancies, redundancies. And when that's happening, it's very hard to focus on something else and get your mind off it. So I use that as a method of getting my mind off it. And um, I would advise people to do that as well. And also what you guys have said, especially Katniss Everdeen. I should have got that ready. Should have got her ready. Um, so yeah, we're at the end now, guys. But I hope we can come back and do like a part two about um, redundancies in particular, and maybe some of the laws around that. I think that'd be quite interesting to talk about. But we're at the end now. But I'd really, really, really like to thank Mummy Carter for coming on with us today. Ugh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Indeed. Yes, thank, thank you. Thanks for coming, Mum. Did you enjoy yourself? <laughs> It did. It was very interesting. I did really enjoy myself. Oh, good. I feel like I'm with my mum on here as well now. Like some of the things you're saying, she'll tell me the same. So it's like I'm talking to my mum. Oh my god. <laughs> um. So yeah, guys. Thank you for listening again. Um. Remember to follow us on all the socials: BWW Podcast UK and DMS. Email us at BlackWomenWorkingUK at gmail.com. Visit our website as well do all the things that we need you to do please continue to listen to us and tell a friend to tell a friend anything Mm -hmm. you guys want to add okay so from us guys it's a lovely bye good evening good night good adios ciao hasta la vista